Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where I want you to be financially free, physically free, spiritually free, and emotionally free. Welcome back, everybody. I am here. We're back on track. My vacation was wonderful. Um, thank you guys for for uh, hanging in there with me while we were gone for the week, and hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode. I want to give a couple shout outs really quickly here. Um, I, I had some new listeners that I found out about last week. So I'm going to say hey to Brother Amir. Um, I ran into him at a function and he surprised me when he wanted to talk about some of the episodes on the podcast. So that was pretty great. And then, of course, on my trip, I ran into my family and friends and uh, shout out to my cousin, Jackie, who's an avid listener. Um, Jackie, she wanted to give you a shout out. Um, Danny Hernandez, she said she really enjoyed your episode on life insurance. So Danny, thank you very much for joining me. You had definitely some listeners to your episode as well. So anyway, today we have a new topic and we have a new guest well, she is going to be new to you guys. She is absolutely not new to me. I have known her her entire life. You've heard her name mentioned here a couple of times on a couple of episodes. Um, I always kind of refer to her as the baby growing up. Um, she is my lovely, beautiful cousin, Kelly Michelin Michan. She is the baby girl of her family. She was the baby girl of us cousins growing up. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So Kelly actually brought up her topic today. I absolutely love her for bringing this topic up. I've actually discussed it before, but I never thought about having an entire episode on it, which I think right now is kind of perfect timing. She is absolutely the expert on this topic. Kelly has been at her current employer for over 25 years, and she has 20 years of experience in, dun, 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 in the financial aid sector of higher education. So um, financial aid needs to be everybody's best friend if you are going to any type of school, really, that requires tuition payments. Yes which I've been involved in since my daughter was three, two and a half. She started Montessori school and we've been paying tuition ever since. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming. I want you to give your own little intro, share any information about yourself. Okay. Um, again, Kelly Michelle McShann. Um, I've worked at this college that I work at for, like I said, for 20 plus years. And this is kind of what I do. I had a love-hate relationship in the beginning with financial aid. I used to hate it. And as I began to help more and more people, it kind of ruined me. So I grew to love it. And the more I seen that I was making a difference in kids' lives, in helping them navigate the financial aid realm, I started to love it even more. So now it's just a piece I can do with my eyes closed. Um, and I don't mind helping people, honestly. I get referred <laughs> by so many people that I have helped to help in different situations, I, I honestly don't mind. Yeah. People tell me I should charge. I would never. Um, it's just something that I do. 
So Kelly is literally my equivalent on the financial aid side. So she does get all the calls, all the referrals, always helping everybody out with financial aid. And it is, um, it can be a tricky subject. If you don't have experience, there's definitely learning experience and a learning curve and missed deadlines and stuff like that. So we're going to um, have this discussion and um, hopefully you guys get some information some valuable information. And then if Kelly wants to later, she can share contacts or I can filter them through me or whatever. But all right. So I'm going to start with the first couple of questions and we can kind of just build from there. So the number one question I'm going to talk about, or the first question I'm going to ask is, or should we start with FAFSA? Should we start in the very yeah, so we can start, start there. Yeah, yeah I was going to start somewhere else, but let's start with the FAFSA. So yeah. FAFSA start, stands for Federal Aid. What does it even stand for? Federal, federal application? Federal student. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I I never say it. I never say the full FAFSA, name. Federal so F-A. aid application or something to that degree. Okay. But the first word is federal <laughs> student and application and probably... Financial, yeah. So it it has a money meaning. <laughs> right. So yeah, like we, we don't even know the name of it. Everybody knows it as the FAFSA. And so yeah. federal aid, student, some financial application, something yeah. like that. So I think, I think that's it. I think it's the FAFSA. All right. I'm years away from that, but okay. So the FAFSA is, do you want to talk about what is it? So the FAFSA is the federal um, financial aid that all schools require. So if you want any kind of federal funding, you need to do the best. And federal funding consists of Pell, um, your student loans, and your work study. And student loans are... Pell is a grant. Yes, Pell is a grant. It is not... You don't have to pay it back. So that is yours. Um, It is determined by your income or your parents' income. So because you're a dependent still. So it's determined by the household income. And so are the loans really kind of have set amounts. Um, so they're not really income driven, but Pell is. Okay. And, um, okay. So all schools, you said, accept it. All schools. Um, pretty much everybody should complete one. Yes. And what is confusing now about the FAFSA is that it used to have a date it used to have a due date of January 1. So back when Obama was president, it had a due date of January 1. And then he decided to change it with the Department of Education to October. And in changing it to October... October moving it back or October moving forward? Moving forward. So what, what, what the deadline, what changing the deadline did is when we were January we required the taxes for the current year. So we required, if it's January of 2020, we required the 2020 taxes. Which nobody has filed January 1st. (laughs) Right, exactly. So you would need to submit the taxes by March. So now that FACET has an October date, it's called prior, prior year. So if you're applying for 22 school year, 21, 22, which is fall, spring, fall, winter, spring, um, you're going to submit your 20 tax return. So the current year that we are in, which is 2021, which we're finishing up because school's out, 
um, they submitted their 19 tax return. So it's kind of a good and a bad thing at the same time. Um, if you made less money one year, then it's beneficial for you, but then it's going to catch up with you the next year. If you made too much money and then you're making less going forward, then it's probably going to be beneficial. So the, the, the students going to school this coming fall, yeah. their FAFSA or their parents' information, they're using taxes from 2020. 2020. So the ones that just got filed. Yes. Okay. Got 2020. It. Yeah, it was very confusing before. Yeah. So now it's October 1. So you have from October until you do it. Um, I say do it as soon as possible. Um, there, because there are money fast- is first come first serve. At some of these schools, they are yes. Okay. And if some of the schools are faster driven only, then yeah, you want to get that done because they do have a receive date of when you submitted it and they received it from FAFSA. Okay. So you always want to try to do it as soon as possible, especially if you're in state. So if you are a in state student at say Illinois school, you want to do that like ASAP. Okay. Um, now let's do a, a really quick breakdown because I, I can barely remember. It's a federal application. So everybody's application looks the same. Yes. It probably isn't the same as when I was a student. Is it even on, is it paper or are you doing this all online now? What happens? It, it's online. Okay. Um, you, they, they still do have a paper version of it that you can print off. Um, it makes it easier to do it online because you can do a feature that they just um, added called data retrieval, which connects you right to the IRS and it actually ports your taxes right over. Brings your numbers right on in. No more fraudulent numbers. <laughs> Bring it right on over. So they're getting it directly from the IRS. Okay. Um, also, too, with them getting it directly from the IRS, people can become selected for verification. So you get selected for verification if for some reason something with your household might be off. Say your parents live together, but they're not married. Or if you have a single parent and... Um, no father reported, it could flag you for verification. Um, verification just means the school has added documents that you need to fill out um, to um, say who's in your household, essentially. Okay. All right. So we got that. So we fill out the FAFSA. We do it online. It, all your Half your numbers come right over from the IRS. Yes. Easier to be flagged and quicker process if you need data. What did you say? Data verification? Data retrieval. Data retrieval. Data retrieval. And then um, the IRS verifies it. Okay. If the Department of Ed needs additional information, that's where the verification process comes in. Okay. So that's the federal that's the federal process. How long about does this take to get completed and processed and received? Once you school? submit your FAFSA, they the turnaround is really good, especially if you do it early, because then everybody's not doing it. You know, it's kind of staggered. So if you if you're trying to do it first thing. Not everybody does it like first thing. So if you if you do it first thing, they get it right away. Okay. Um, and it goes directly to the school. 24 to 48. Oh, they get wow. filed. They upload the file to their system and they have it. Oh, that's real fast. Okay. So we've got that done. What is the next step? They, now it goes to the school electronically. So the school will get it. And depending on the school's deadlines and what you're applying for. So um, if you're applying for early decision, which is, um, or early action, 
which is the binding agreement that you can do with the school to find out, um, to get admitted first and then get your financial aid ahead of time to see if that's the school that you want to go to and the school of your dreams. Um, but after you do the FAFSA, you have to turn in any other document that school requires, essentially. Um, each school requires different stuff. Um, so students need to be diligent about what is required. They won't go any further until they have all documentation. Okay. So, I mean, we live in the United States. This is pretty standard. We're getting these documents in. And everything is since COVID, everything is really more paperless than ever. So email it, um, scan it, upload it. That's the new thing. Don't fax it. Don't mail it. (laughs) I can't tell you the last time I've I've received a fax. I don't think I've gotten a fax. I definitely haven't received a fax since COVID. Yeah. I I haven't received. I mean, everything is so user friendly, so phone friendly, so computer friendly. You, I mean, we get, we get pictures of tax returns. So if you can sit there and snap pictures with your phone and upload your tax returns, do it. Okay. All right. So that's FAFSA goes to the school. Let's now from there, let's, can we break down public and private money or funding or loans so people can know the difference between getting private funding versus public funding. So public funding essentially would be more on the federal side. Private funding is if your university offers some some sort of grant money that is that you don't have to pay back. Essentially, um, I just found out that the school my niece attends offers grant funding, and I'm so excited for her because she might take a different journey and. She, she might tap into that. Um, but I, I encourage people to go to schools that offer that. In, it's called institutional funding. I, I encourage people to go to schools that offer institutional funding, that offer um, scholarships, whether it's merit-based or whether it's need-based based on your, your family's income, essentially. Um, it's just more beneficial for the student. They're able to gain more, pay less, and this typically, this is typically the money that comes from schools' endowments, correct? Yes. So if yes. you go to a school that has large mm-hmm. endowments, they yes. are going to have larger <laughs> funding options. And not, not necessarily even just endowments, because usually endowments have um, a donor's name on them. But if, if the school itself just offers a grant of some sort, that's totally just winning. Because right. that's what you want. You want something that... You don't have to pay back. <laughs> exactly. And so my thought process, when you talked about early decision or early acceptance or whatever they're going to call it, um, I'm always thinking, you know, I'm trying to figure this out even for Sila right now. So she has her top, you know, one, two or three schools apply to possibly all of them for early decision if they offer it and see where the packages come. See I think you can, I think for early action, you can only commit to one school or okay. early decision. You can only apply at one. Obviously, you can only commit to one, but can you only apply at one? Well, for early action, it's it's basically a commitment. Okay. So I, I say you take your dream, mm-hmm. make that your early action, your dream school, you do early action for that, and you do regular decision for the other ones. Got it. Got it. Because when you get that decision, 
which is usually like late winter. Well, uh, early winter, early, like a little before Christmas time. Once you get that decision, you can then kind of decide, can I afford this? Is this going to work? And while you're trying to figure that out, the other one should also be coming that you also applied for, for regular decision. So then you can kind of compare. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I just, I want people to look at all their options. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because trying to go and struggle is not good. Trying to go and only making it halfway through and don't have enough money to finish. You know, that's not good. So we want to make. I think it's very important that when kids are college shopping, it's a a student parent effort. A lot of people leave it up to the student because it's college and, you know, college kind of falls more on them than it does the parent. You know, they're only required to pay, whereas the student is required to do everything else. But I think it needs to be a parent-student effort because students don't know what they can afford. And students don't know what their parents can afford. Exactly. And and so, you know, if they have high expectations of their dream school costing seventy five, eighty thousand dollars, and then that the the income and everything gets looked at and it's determined you're only gonna get fifteen thousand on that eighty thousand dollar price tag, well, there's a conversation that needs to be had. Right. Whew, okay. And that's so. where school is around this year. It's it's probably like eighty three thousand for the top schools. Yeah. That's a lot of money, Kelly. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of money, and that's an overall price tag. So you're talking about you know room and board and stuff, uh, everything total. Still, like that's a lot of money, and that's one year. Like the average home, the average home uh, house price for the United States. I don't think you know it's by state and city it differs, but. Can we talk about private and public loans too? So the, um, what do we call them? The subsidized loans versus unsubsidized? You have, um, usually financial aid packages can consist of a subloan and an, unsub- an unsubsidized loan. Now see, that's different. That It wasn't like that when I was at school, but tuition was... A lot lower. We did the whole four years in the $80,000. <laughs> So with the loan aspect of it, um, the subloan, you're not required to pay the interest while you're in school. You can if you want to. For the unsubsidized Stafford, it is kind of required that you do pay the interest, which is really not a lot. But um, that's the difference between the two. Um, okay. You said you you should be paying the interest while you're in. Who is that loan in the student name or is that loan in the parent name? No, that, belo- that belongs to the student. So the student oh. is supposed to have income in college and pay the interest on the loan while they're in college. Yes. And you're saying it's not a lot. No, it's it's not. It's not a lot. Um, for quarter schools, it, I mean, I'm, where I work, it's a quarter school. So we have a fall, winter, and a spring. So we have all three. Um, and the breakdown is usually fall, winter, and spring um, with the aid. So it's, and when you're on a semester school, it's kind of broken up a little different. It's, you know, just fall and then your winter, spring. Um, So no, because when you're a freshman, you're entitled to $3,500 in a sub Stafford loan and you, they would give you a $2,000 unsubsidized Stafford loan. 
And then the amount goes up as the years go on. So as you're a sophomore, you get 45 in a sub staffer loan and then still the 2000 and unsub. And when you're junior senior status, you get 55 for each year. So where is the where is the expectation that the students have income? Because I'm thinking on a lot of people, this is probably just falling back on the parent. But where Um, or they don't pay the interest. They just let it accumulate until they get out of school, make the arrangement, and then just start paying the loan. So do you get in trouble for not? So is it required or is it not required? It's recommended. Well, well it's 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 in the wording. So I'm going to say <laughs> it's like a, they recommend kind of require. I okay. mean, if you do it, what are they going to do? You're in school. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So you don't get kicked out and they don't pull the money back away from you. Mm-mm. No. But if they can get it, they'll take it. Yes. But yes. if they can't get it, they they're not going to take adverse action against you. No, no, because they're wait. still giving you loans. Right. <laughs> you still got more debt to <laughs> to take on, which I, you know, I try when I'm guiding people to have them go avenues of no loan debt. So if we can get you somewhere where the loan debt is going to be very minimal or not at all, then that's the best option. Uh, yeah. Or, or my option of, um, I have my number in my head and that's the number I'm sticking to. I mean, maybe I may change that number. I got 10 more years, eight more years, but I'm telling you that number in my mind is the number I I'm planning for that number. <laughs> I told Miss Sila over there to, you know, work on, work on, work on that high yeah. achieving. And, you know, a lot of these schools, people don't realize offer minority scholarships. Um, If you're a woman, if you're, you know, this, you're that, they offer it. It's usually more of the private institutions that offer these scholarships. But if you can achieve that, why not? Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're thankful we'll always have you in our life. So we'll make sure we are um, always kept apprised. And um, and also too, if, if you have to start somewhere, um, if you have to start at a state school and just do two years, you can always transfer and go somewhere else. It's easier to get into um, a lot of the pricier price tag colleges as a transfer than it is really? if you're being if you're being um, if you're applying as a freshman, essentially. Really? Now that's something I don't know. People know. So there, not only is there a financial benefit to going to a junior college or a smaller college first and saving yourself up to $70,000 for the year. It's actually an easier process to get in or to be accepted. Because if you, if you do two years and you have your associates, what they going to say now? (laughs) Right. I like, I mean, yeah, I like this. All right, let's move on. Uh, timelines, early decision, fast for work, study, work, study, work. I Uh had work study. Can I tell you where I used to have my work study? I had one work study in the science building at my school. I can't remember the name of the professor. Guess what my job was. I had to set up the labs (gasps) for the, (laughs) for the students before they came in for labs. So I used to have to set up those what are they, fetal, fetal pigs and all that little stuff? Oh, yeah, I yeah. didn't like that job. <laughs> and then I think one other time I worked, I worked in one of the um, one of the admin offices. I don't remember which one doing something, doing nothing. 
I've noticed with the work study that a lot of students who get it don't utilize it. Um, it is beneficial because it's money given to you essentially to work. You just have to find the job. You have an allotment and you can't go over your allotment per semester or quarter, but um, you're working. You're getting a check. The check is yours. It's not for you to give to your parents. It's not for you to pay to your tuition unless you have some kind of arrangement already set up for that. But it is your money, your money to survive, essentially, um, to buy to buy food, clothes if you need them. Um, it just really all depends. I encourage if you get it, use it. There's no reason why. If you don't use it, it's not being replaced with anything else. It's just unused federal funds. I thought mine went to the tuition. I, I can't remember anymore, but I thought it went to tuition. But nowadays... You can get your work study and the check goes in your pocket, like a regular yeah. job. Which, yes, it is like a regular job. Um, you just do it in between your classes. I mean, it's not like you can go out here and work a real part-time job with a full course load. Exactly. That's rough. So the work study is super beneficial. And leave the campus and get rides and back back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it is, it is beneficial. Yeah. Um, I don't remember even trying to find my job. Maybe they must have given us a list of places. I can't really remember how the process went. I'm sure I wouldn't have selected to work in the lab. That probably has something to do with my major at the time, but that was I mean, one of our my students, jobs. Our students, they call us and ask us if they can get it, if they didn't, if they were not awarded work study because they want to work and they want to get a work study job. And um, pay the interest on those loans. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Man, okay. Um, okay, there was a saying, I can't, I don't have my note in front of me. There was a saying you said the other day that I just loved. Do you remember what that was? I said I was going to use it. I oh, to, what was it? What was it, Kelly? I loved it. I remember what I said. I said, oh. if your income has two commas, it's a no. Oh, there you go. If your income has two commas, it's a no. Don't income go asking for no. It is a no. Yes. I, I thought that was hilarious. Yes. Um, in, in my line of work and what I do, um, I see a, a lot of people who I don't know if they are just they feel like it's just part of the process. They have to do it. Financial aid. Mm -hmm. So they do it. And the taxes. I mean, two commas. No, I've seen two commas. I've seen lots and lots of funds on the parent side. And it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the what the saying is, it can't hurt to ask. So <laughs> what can it do if I just see what, yeah, you know, my two commas, I may be in the low two commas, you know, and my friends may be in the high two commas. So I feel like I am the least wealthy of my friends. So, you know, we're going to apply. If you have two digits and, and a comma and some more numbers and another comma, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> and then also when we talked about this, so, so again, remind everybody what are assets. So you're just talking about income. So what are the things that they are actually looking at that are going to count I'm going to use the word against you, but what are the things they're actually looking at that are going to count as income? And this, this more goes towards the private universities because the the public universities have limited <laughs> amounts of money that they can give to begin with. So mm -hmm. you're really on a first come first serve, whereas a private institution, there's a little more leniency 
in if you miss a deadline or if you're late on something, you know, it's not going to really affect what you've gotten over the years or what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, some schools really do. If you have to fill out the CSS profile, all assets are being looked at. What is CSS profile? The CSS profile, usually um, schools who have, I want to say like scholarships that they give out themselves. So endowment money or um, grant money that they have, they require the CSS profile. Um, It's through the college board and it's a application that you, they would require when applying. It's a little more involved because they ask about um, home expenses. How much did you pay for your home? What kind of car are you driving? How many cars? Retirement. Um, it's really it's really income detailed. Um, so that's where the whole asset and you know income and all that stuff really comes from. Especially if you're reporting it on your taxes, and someone's going to take a look at your taxes, you might as well just say it. <laughs> say it on the form. Be honest. Because the private institutions can, re- I mean, they can require more information. They can require a little clarity on something they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, and I said this before, I'm, I'm not really clear. I can't, I mean, I understand that like a 401k is part of my overall assets. I understand that I'm not denying it, but I don't understand why it counts against a child's college package because well, if, I'll say if you, if you only have like 30, or if you have a modest retirement, then that's okay. But I mean, you and your significant other cannot have two four million dollar retirement policies going on. That's absurd. (laughs) What does the school if that is true, what does the school expect? Because for me to get the money out of that 401k, I'm going to take a huge tax penalty if I am not of retirement age. I think but I think I think the problem is on some of them, you can take a withdrawal if you are paying for tuition. So it, for it really- For a child's tuition or for your own tuition? No, for a child's tuition. Okay. So it really it really all depends. And I think that might be part of the issue. Because even in looking at my own retirement, if I wanted some money, it would have to be, you know, okay, I'm paying a tuition bill. Mm-hmm. Or I'm paying it towards one of the kids' college, college expenses. Um, and I but think- But that's hurting, that's hurting your retirement. Like if you have a goal of needing this much money for retirement. But I now, but that only really applies to people who have like a whole lot, a whole horde of retirement. <laughs> I mean, like if you if you rocking all that retirement money and you got like cash on hand in the bank and you living in million dollar homes. OK, okay. it's a little right. problematic on some of that scale. So little old me, it wouldn't matter. Little no. old me, you guys be like, oh, she's within the regular average. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, within okay. she's within means, you know, but yeah, it, it's the high rollers. <laughs> okay, so um, financial aid hasn't caught up with cryptocurrencies yet, have they? No, no. So Not you yet. guys, you didn't hear that from me. But maybe Not. you want to put some of your assets in cryptocurrencies because those holdings don't show up on your taxes. <laughs> They're not going to show up on your bank statements. They not, well, depends on where you hold it. They're not going to be able to run your social security number and it pops up on these reports. And see, we, we, I mean, in, in composing a package and looking at people's income, it really doesn't go past the scope of what is required, essentially. 
Okay. So we're looking at what you provided us. So if you're providing us with your tax return and you have millions of dollars just all over the tax return, I mean, it speaks for itself. So, okay. So what, what tips or, or hints can you give to people? What can we do to help? I mean, we're, we just passed graduation. So graduations, we probably have a few, I don't know if your school, I know your school's a little bit later, but we're we're one of the late, late, late ones. Yeah. (laughs) But we're almost at graduation for all the schools, high schools, elementary. Well, we're really talking about high school and colleges. Um, what, what, what should these kids start doing when? So we talked about the FAFSA turning the FAFSA. So the typical deadline is FAFSA is October. Um, but now if you turn it in October and you're trying to start school the August before. So October is for next year. Okay. So when, as soon as they start school in August, they need to start working on their financial aid and oh. October for them. For the next year. So oh, see, and that's why I asked you before, did, was it January forward? I mean, yeah. It's quick. So, so it's yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, it's quick. But um, I, it's, well, let me just say this. It's never too late, um, especially if you've already applied. Um, it's never too late to apply. Some schools have um, rolling admission. So they admit on a rolling basis and they continue to do it up until a certain point. Um, a typical timeline would be fast as October. And if that's the only thing, plus a little other documents, you typically hear back around March, April. So you can make a decision on which school you're going to pick. You graduate high school. And then that summer is when you start packing it up so you can get ready to go. Um, that's a typical timeline. Um I encourage people just to apply. I encourage parents and students look for scholarships, um, actually visit the school's website, look at what they offer, look at what they don't offer, look at how they can help you, how they can't help you. Um, They offer, a lot of schools offer places where you can apply for scholarships, links. So So with scholarships, do those have to be disclosed Well, they can only be disclosed sometimes because you may not find out about a scholarship at the time that you've already done the FAFSA. If the FAFSA is in October, you know, a lot of scholarship decisions. You don't get a scholarship until... Like spring. (laughs) And and then you just have to notify the school like, hey, I got this scholarship. I have this check. And then go ahead and submit it to your financial aid office so it can be applied to your aid. And then um, the amount subtracted uh, for oh, what so you lose money. Huh? Can, well, okay. What if I have loans and then I got a scholarship? Can you subtract it from my loan balance? I mean, can we, I don't want to lose grant money or other scholarship no, money. So they would never. So that's the thing. So your scholarship would never come off of other scholarship money. Okay. So it would be in addition to, so it would just come off the balance you owe. Okay. So it would be applied to your financial aid and your balance would be adjusted by that scholarship amount. Got it. Got it. Um, at the fancier schools, you can request some, some of the, some of the outside scholarships can replace, um, federal dollars, federal meaning your sub loan. Um, it would never replace your unsub loan. Okay. Um, and then since we talk about deadlines, this is kind of enlightening. So really by the end of your junior year, you're pretty much, um, you're almost done. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing early 
admittance or early acceptance, that means you're taking your testing definitely junior year or the very first offering senior year, you're going to have to take your ACT or SAT to have that ready. If it's required. Yeah. And then Uh, your financial aid, FAFSA needs to be in, in October. So when you do early decision, I think they're using the year before it, it used to be, they were using the, the current year, the current year's income, because you're not getting, well, I know for us, you're not getting that tuition, that real tuition, you're getting the current tuition. So, Oh, so you're locking in at the, the year's at, price, even though you're starting the year after. But you're really not getting that year's price because if you agree to come, we're going to update that. And you're getting what it costs to go there. So there is no locking in at a price unless the school is is officially telling you we're going to lock you in at this at this price. So we're going to give you this break because of um, I know there's I, I was looking at um, schools in Illinois and I, I think it was University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana. They were offering free tuition. And to free me, for who? free for Illinois, free for Illinois students. And they were locking you in at free tuition for four years if you commit or free tuition if you want to transfer in. When and was this? This is now. And what? So, and so I'm trying, I was trying to encourage my little one to go ahead and go there because free is always good. Free is always good. Free means less loans. <laughs> and yeah. just like you said, free. Can free. we get can we get your little one to do a couple of years there for free? And then if she really wants to go someplace else, then transfer well, and well that was look, I my little one, I told her to because she's actually gonna finish high school in July. So this year July. This year, July. So oh, she's following her brother. She's following her big brother. He, he did a semester. She's doing a whole year. She's going to finish in July of this year as a junior going into her senior year. So she's not even going to have a senior year. Her senior year will be her first year in college somewhere. What? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's a goal she set. That was nothing that I put on her, but I'm me being in this financial aid realm, I am encouraging free if we can get it. Okay. Uh, and how is she feeling about that? Is she receptive yes. or has she already cut you off? Um, she listens sometimes, but she gets stuff in her head and she's like, no, I really want to do go here. Or I really want to do go there. You know, it's, I mean, really college shopping is college shopping should be what can that school offer you? Um, what can that degree bring you? Um, it, it's sad because I never look at stats when it comes to colleges until I started doing this with my own child. And the college she picked had horrible stats. And I, for the life of me, could not allow her to attend a school that was not graduating their students. That is a no. Well, but if she's driven, she may be able to plow through there. You know. <laughs> Okay. They wasn't even getting kids out in six years with a bachelor's degree. I can't. I can't. So I, is there a first? Do we? Is there? You're halfway. So, uh, that means we should have had a graduation party for her this year. Like, well, 
Well, I'm I'm trying to stagger and see how I'm gonna do her stuff because she is finishing in July. Right. I'm trying to encourage her to go back and graduate. <laughs> I don't know how she feels about that because it's a little weird, but um, we'll see. I'll keep you posted in regards to that. But okay. I mean, yeah, free is good. I I try to get my nieces and nephews. If you got a scholarship or if it's it's a good package, go. Yes, go. It's gonna be free or it can be free. Go. At least for a little while. At least for a little while. You know, cut cut your total bill, your overall then, bill down. And then if you want to transfer somewhere else, that's more of a better university, um, more prestigious, the chances are a little bit better than if you tried as a incoming student, because a lot of these schools are rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really encourage, encourage, encourage. <laughs> so hopefully, I know I've got, We've got listeners in Illinois. I hope you guys are hearing about this free program. Take advantage of that one. Apply, go online, check it out. Man, free is wonderful. I know, I, I, I want to say here in Georgia, um, our, our state, is it the state community colleges? What does that fall under? Um, like Metropolitan, that school over there? I can't, I'm asking Orlando. We had community colleges here that were free. Are they still free? Uh, they're discounted. Oh, discounted. Okay. The state bought up on this oh, okay. So one oh. of our school bought up the other schools, so it changed the program a little bit. They they were doing free community college here for a while. That's awesome. I mean, if it's free and you can take classes and get some sort of degree, because an associate's is a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted, before um, we go too far off, I also wanted to talk about um, in-state, out-of-state. Okay. In-state. In-state is a lot, lot cheaper than out-of-state. Out-of-state in some of these schools is really expensive. Um, and I mean, you might end up paying $15,000 a semester expensive. And basically, that's the room and board that because you're, you you're not from the state, so you don't get that discounted tuition or room and board. So just be mindful, parents, when helping these kids, and please help them, because they don't know. They look at a school, and they want to go there, and then you get this bill, and then somebody referred you to me, and I'm breaking the bad news to you. Right. I mean, unless you want a plus loan, which I don't... We didn't even talk about plus loan. Plus loan is the parent. Yes. Parent plus. Parent yeah. is first. That's your loan, parent. That's that is your signing. And the plus loan, you can take as much as you need. You can get an $80,000 plus loan. So you feel so inclined to do so. Yes. And that would be on a yearly basis if needed. So if you get a plus one year, you're going to need it the next, the next, and the next. So just be mindful. Okay. You brought up something that I think that you know, I kind of deal with a little bit. So in insurance, parents, I, we ha I have this discussion a lot. The child turns either 16 and gets a driver's license or even 18, but they still live at home. Parent does not want the child on their auto insurance. They don't <laughs> want to pay. They don't want the risk, blah, 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 blah. I'm constantly having discussions, especially when they're a minor. When they're 16, the, you don't have an option. Like, Right. Parents, there is no option to not put your child on your insurance at 16. I don't care whose name the car is in and everything else. It, they're not an adult. 
mm-hmm. they are not legal to sign a contract of insurance by themselves. They have to go on a parent's insurance. 18 years yes. old, you still are doing your child a a huge favor to allow them to be on your policy because they have no experience, they have no history, and they probably cannot afford a policy by themselves. So I'm saying that because we're talking about financial aid. And I would assume some of these same parents, similar type of parents, child is 18 now, they're out of high school, and you'll have the mentality of some parents, hey, they're an adult, they're on their own, I don't want to fill out the FAFSA. They're going to college. I don't want to have anything to do with this. I don't want to. Why do you need my tax information? Blah, blah, blah. Can you speak on that? Can I, can I, I'm still saying a child, but can an 18 year old right out of college somehow magically get all this financial aid on their own without parents assistance and filling out these forms and disclosing information? Um, No, the parent, the parent has, I mean, the students are dependent. So the parent has to fill out the FAFSA. Um, the only way that works if the student was independent to begin with, meaning they were like a ward of the state or they were a foster kid um, or they were emancipated. Other than that, you gonna need to fill out that FAFSA. <laughs> I, I know people don't like people all in their business and all in their financials, but your child needs you to fill out the FAFSA. Right for them to get the federal dollars that they need. And that doesn't mean, like we just said, the the plus loan doesn't mean you have to take a plus loan or you're obligated to take a plus loan, Mm -hmm. but they do need your information for your child to even get free money, discounted money, uh, qualified loans in their own names. They still have to have your information. Still have to have that FAFSA, unfortunately. Um, I also get a lot of questions about Okay, so um, can my child go to this state and can they go out of state and live with family? No. From the state of Illinois. No, you cannot. I don't get the question. So that's like me sending Jayla down there to live with you Mm -hmm. so that she can get in-state tuition. Well, no, it don't work that way. But you just are sending her right after she graduated from high school. So she just moving there like all other college kids going to the school in Georgia in the fall. <laughs> but see, I, I'm trying to put her in your house mm. so that I can say she's a resident of Georgia and get that in, in-state tuition discount, which it's not that simple because they're looking at your permanent address on the FAFSA, so it don't work. They're looking at where the parent lives, where the student is residing and living, so that that's you can't do and that. And where the student just graduated from high school. Exactly. So I can't move my child down here with you thinking I'm going to get some some free kind of benefit because now she's a resident of Georgia, which she's not. Everything, all addresses are looked at on the FAFSA. Um, If you do want to move to a state, I think you have to reside in the state for at least a year, maybe two. That's what I thought, a year or two. Don't you have to get your own place to stay and live there and then you can apply on your own? Okay. Yeah, people try it. I mean... Yeah, I'm sure I, you know, I, and some people will qualify. We know plenty of people that were, were sent to live with other parents and other states and, you know, stuff like that. So. I mean, if it's, a, if it's a parent that, that might be a little bit different, especially if, you know, you can prove that that child is there, like, you know, 
certain times of the year or half the year or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I, you can't just send a, like you said, a newly graduate to go <laughs> live with the aunt at the school that in the city, the school in the city that the child is attending college. They don't, it does not work like that. That just means you can save on room and board. You, you shouldn't have yeah. to pay the room and board and the, if they're going to stay with the aunt in the city. And the in-state, you get the in-state. You're not being charged that out-of-state $15,000 tuition because the child is now magically a resident of that city. Right. Yeah. No, you can't. That doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If it only was that simple. All right. So what did we miss? Um, all loans have to be accepted. Um, usually you have to tell the school you want it. Oh, you have to um, sign or call and confirm or email or or on your to-do list you can say i want to accept my loans because there is paperwork behind it so you have to accept it or you have to say i don't want it i don't need it um same sometimes with work study you have to accept it or or decline it um hey and athletes if there are athletes getting full ride scholarships get please do the fafsa <laughs> You know, go visit the schools if you have the opportunity. Yeah, that was uh, instrumental for me. I was able to go visit several schools with some organizations that I belong to. Yeah, and you know, it was good. Some of the schools I got there, and the minute I got to the campus, I was like, "No, thank you." It didn't even require the full tour. I, you know, I went to one in Minnesota, and we went to visit in the winter. And we got off that bus; it was frigid, freezing cold. And I told the people, I appreciate you spending the money to bring me up here to visit. I am not interested. I didn't want to mislead anybody into believing that I was going to be withholding dollars from another willing student. It was too cold. I couldn't do it. I think you're right visiting. I say go visit your top three if it's feasible for your family. If not, I've noticed that <laughs> during this pandemic season, all colleges have adapted the tours on YouTube. So they are just as good as you actually being on the college. There are, some of them are interactive and it's kind of cool. Um, so just keep that in mind. So if, if it's a far, far place and you can't afford to go, please take the online tour. I remember you, you just reminded me what it was. Pandemic. So you had a lot of almost every institution, business, everybody was making exceptions to a lot of rules because of um, what hopefully we're coming out of right now. Was there any special other than the online tours? Was there any special fun or like any difference with with the money? (laughs) COVID. (laughs) COVID brought a lot of special dollars. So schools were giving kids COVID aid which is a COVID grant. So if you are pretty much like a Pell recipient, um, I I noticed a lot of schools were getting the COVID scholarship for students. Um, We we gave away a lot of COVID aid at where I work um, for computers, for just resources. So students can make the transition from being in person to being at home. So, I even noticed with some of my own people, my nephews and nieces, um, their schools were offering the COVID aid and they qualified. And I made sure that they 
got what they were entitled to. So it's just a matter of looking at what your school offers. Is it over? School's over. So yeah. I mean, so Uh, it's not coming back. We don't think. No, because a lot of the schools are going to be open for the fall. So I'm not sure if they're going to, I think this, this spring was the last batch of COVID um, scholarship that they were giving out to students. Okay. I can say um, that my two nephews got COVID scholarships, which was great. Um, they both were entitled. They qualified. So it worked out. Um, I don't think they were aware, but I brought it to their attention because that's my job. <laughs> um, but I don't think I don't think come the, I don't think when all starts, it'll be offered again because okay. everything they hope will be back to what is normal. Um, so. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Check with your financial aid department. If you're going to um, attend a school or if you're in school now, make sure you're checking in every now and then. I used to love to check in on ours. Just drop in there every, you know, three or four months, see if anything changed, any money. I, I remember I got a scholarship one time, like in the middle of a semester. I think either, like you said, somebody didn't sign for it, except I don't know what happened, but in the middle of the school year, I was awarded an additional scholarship. So it's always good to check in here and there. And and if you get something additional after all of your financial aid is paid, it becomes a credit on your account. It becomes a credit balance in which you are entitled to. So please keep that in mind um, and check your student account if you're a current student, If you're an incoming freshman, you know what to look for. (laughs) Right, right. Well, thank you, Kelly. Credit means student unless the parent can see. So credit means (sighs) student unless the parents. I know some kids who are helping parents with credit. So if you get a credit and your parent is requiring it, that's got to work that out. Right. No, we used to be able to, we used to walk right over to our student aid office and pick our stuff up or they would send a well, note to the room. Now and, it's a little more fancy. You just go on there, you see it on click. your account and you click deposit and <laughs> transfers. <laughs> oh, wait. ours was old school. It was a paper check. We used to have to walk over there and pick up a paper I check. Can, I think you can still get a check, but a lot of kids do the direct deposit. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um. All right. Kelly and I have been through a lot together. I'm thinking of another time I mentioned her name. Uh, She was the one. Remember I told you guys I've taken all those hundreds of classes and certifications. Kelly and I took the real estate class together. We were we were all into real estate for a while. So me and Kelly have been on the same pathway for a while. But thank you. I want to thank you so much for coming. You want to give shout outs? You want to say anything? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't mind helping people. So if you do have questions, you can go ahead and let Kai know and she can get in contact with me and we can go ahead and make time to have a phone session or a text or whatever it needs to be. Because my goal is to get these kids degrees, degrees, degrees. And start now. It's not too early and it's not too late to start for this coming fall. Yes, that is correct. 
Yeah, we've we've got a handful of kids that I'm aware of going into college uh, this August. I didn't know I didn't know your little one was going to be in the grouping, but okay. So another extra. I feel so bad. Tell no. I feel so bad. I didn't even get to see her while I was home. I didn't know she was coming out early. You know, she changes her. She's been changing her mind back and forth. So the fact that she's in her summer classes means it's going to happen. Okay. So I didn't say anything because. I really wanted to see if she was going to be really serious about taking these summer classes. And she is. My child has two English classes this summer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I think we've covered a lot. I think this is a great time. This will be very um, valuable information for a big grouping of people. Yeah, And thank you very much for bringing up the topic, because like I said, it didn't even school and financial aid never even kind of crossed my mind. But this was a perfect. Well, you know what? I've always thought about having or doing some kind of like something similar to this, because I can reach so many people by word of mouth. But I know there are a lot of people out there with questions and sometimes they don't want to contact the financial aid office because it's a little bit easier if you talk to somebody who can speak financial aid, who can kind of guide you on what you need to say to kind of help the situation, I've noticed. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, so this episode, I would um, expect to be shared quite a bit. Um, parents, students, if you have friends or other family members that you know can use the information, definitely share this one. This is really dedicated to our college students, either incoming or existing, and absolutely for their parents. Um, help yourself, like like Kelly said, let us help you help your student and, you know, get, get through this process without being majorly in debt. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to put this out here since, like I said, Kelly suggested her own topic. Anybody else out there listening, if you have a topic that you'd like me to cover that does fall under um, financial wellness or physical, I need to get back into the physical and the spiritual and the emotional. So I'm definitely going to get that scheduled here again soon. But if you've got some other financial topics, I actually got a text message last night, I believe, um, for, for our topic. So and it does fit as well. So I'm going to try to find somebody to cover that topic. Anybody else, feel free to email me, uh, find me on any of the social medias, Ready, Set, Free. Um, the email or the website is readysetfree.me. My email is, you can do info at readysetfree.me or kai at readysetfree.me. And Ready, Set, Free is the Facebook, the Instagram, and the YouTube are all the same. So reach out to me there. Kelly, 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 thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me and letting me share what I do. Yeah, so everybody, thank you very much for joining us at the Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Uh -huh.